This is the Austin Life Church podcast. For more information, please visit us at austinlifechurch.com. It was the night before Christmas, and heaven was eager for Santa to fly by in gifts to deliver. The angels rejoiced, and the Godhead looked down as stockings were filled and toys stacked around. To kick things off and the celebration begin, a Christmas Eve service is a festive tradition. With churches prepared and Christmas decor, a time to sing and with candles galore. Have you ever looked at our, our Christmas traditions and practices and have you ever wondered or imagined, is this what God originally intended? Have you, ever, have you ever wondered, what was God's initial thought, his original idea and, and thought and intention for that first Christmas? For that first Christmas Eve, what was God thinking? What was his hope and plan in that Christmas? And, and does he look at our Christmas now? Does he look at our, our celebrations and our traditions? And, and does he think, this is what I was going for? This is it. This is this is what I wanted on that that first Christmas. This was my my plan and my hope. Now, I'm not trying to be Scrooge here. I'm not trying to uh, to to take away or 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 be grumpy or you know. In fact, the complete opposite. I'm hoping for the complete opposite. I I, I love the Christmas season as much as anybody. I, I, I love the Christmas movies. I do. They're cheesy. We know the ending. I still like them. You know, I, I love the, the decorations and the lights and the, the getting together with friends and family. I, I love all of that as much as anyone. But I've got to wonder, over the years, have we drifted further and further away from God's original intention for Christmas? I do wonder... Have we been blinded by, by stuff and shopping and parties and, and ultimately an inward ambition? I do wonder if, in fact, we are missing the fullness that God has for us in Christmas. I wonder if we've lost sight of the true awe and majesty of Christmas. My hope is not to move towards stinginess or grumpiness, to, to sap out joy and fun. My hope is to return to the awe and wonder of Christmas. My hope is that we will return and reprioritize the fullness of life that God has for us in Christmas and not settle for something that is fleeting and will never last. So what happened that first Christmas? What, what was so unique, so incredible about it? You've probably, like me, heard the story a thousand times, whether it's in song or, or reading or Christmas pageant or in some other version that, that tells the Christmas story. You, you've probably heard what Luke writes about. When he says in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. 
And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. You've probably heard how the story continues that Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David, he went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. I'm guessing you, like me, have heard that story so many times that, candidly, your, your ears and your, your heart just maybe kind of glosses over the wonder and the, the mystery of what was happening there. That it just becomes another baby being born. It becomes, I don't know, just a part of the Christmas story. It blends in with everything else that's going on around us. But, but that was not some ordinary night. It wasn't just another baby born to a woman who happened to have poor conditions to have a baby. Right? That's not just what was happening. What was unique here on this first Christmas, on, on this Christmas day, what was unique is that the baby born in Bethlehem, the, the baby that Mary held close to her chest, that baby was not just a baby with a normal mom and dad. This baby was God putting on flesh. This baby was the son of God who'd come to live as one of us. Matthew in chapter one says, behold, the virgins shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. What's stunning about this Christmas is that the baby born was the second member of the Trinity the Son of God who came and lived among us as one of us. The baby born was the one who spoke the world into existence. He would now learn to speak himself. The one born that Christmas was the one who made man, and now he was learning to feel what it meant to be a man. The baby born was the one who had power over the devil, and now he would feel the power of the devil's temptation himself. That baby born was not just a man, but that baby born was God himself, adding flesh onto himself. Born that night in Bethlehem was not just a good story, a, a reason to have another holiday. What, what happened that night absolutely changed the world. Whether you believe Jesus is who he says he, he is or not, we can't deny that the world was forever changed that first Christmas. It wasn't just another season, another time to celebrate. That first Christmas, God saw the world forever being changed. So why is it so significant? Why is it so 
impactful, so awesome, so magnificent that, that God came to be one of us. Ultimately, the reason Christmas is so important is because Jesus left his home in order to give us his home. That, that Jesus left what was his in order to give what could never be ours without him. That, that Jesus ultimately came to be one of us in order to forgive us of our sins and to restore us into a new and right relationship with God. What's so incredible about Christmas is that God moved near to us and became one of us so that we could have a new life with him. We see in the Bible that, that there's many implications of this. In Hebrews chapter 2 and chapter 4, it says that, that Jesus put on humanity. He became one of us so that he could empathize with us. That he could feel what we feel. That he could hurt how we hurt. That he could suffer how we suffer. That he could be tempted how we could be tempted. He voluntarily became one of us to walk as one of us so that we could then walk as he walked. That it's amazing that God isn't this distant and passive God that, that coaches us from the sidelines, but that God is one who comes and gets in the mess with us. That he doesn't just teach us by word, but he shows us by deed. That, that God doesn't ask us to do anything that he hasn't first done himself in Jesus. Jesus came to be one of us so that he could be like one of us so that he could relate to us and know us and walk with us and give us a real meaningful hope, not some hollow, empty hope from a distance. And Jesus, God himself, came to learn, to grow, to struggle, so that he could empathize with us. Jesus, he, he came, God became one of us so that he could do for us what we could never do for ourselves. The, the requirement for any one of us to stand in the presence of God is that we will be perfect as he is perfect. That, that we would be holy as he is holy. The only way that we're able to stay in the presence of God is if we are completely free of sin, if we have a perfect righteous record, and none of us do. And so Jesus came to live the perfect life that we were expected to live, but we couldn't live up to. That he took on our sin and gives us his righteousness. Speaking of sin, Jesus came so that he could do away with the sin that, that had cursed us, that had weighed us down. He came so that he could die in our place for the forgiveness of our sins. The Bible says that the consequence of sin is death. That what is deserved for sin is, is physical death, is separation from the Father. And Jesus came to die in our place so that our sins could be forgiven, so that he could take our record of debt and he could nail it to the cross. He was born in a manger so that he could die on a cross so that our sins could be forgiven. That is why God became one of us, so that our sins could be forgiven. Jesus, he, he came, God became one of us so that he could rise from the dead and he could lead the way for anyone by faith into new and eternal life. You see, it's one thing for Jesus to come and to live. It's another thing for Jesus to come and to die. But if, if Jesus stays dead, then that's as far as our hope goes. 
is, is whatever we can manage in this life. But Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead so that he could lead a way for us to have a new and abundant life in, in eternity in heaven, but also today. This, this Christmas, is, it, it's more than just a baby being born. It's God coming to be one of us in order to lead us to new and full life in him. We get so fixated on gifts, on, on presents, on giving, and on, 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 getting, on giving and getting gifts. And, and I mean, I admit myself, I, I just, oftentimes I would say the, the emphasis of Christmas for me is on getting gifts. And yet, yet God was, was fixated, was focused on giving at Christmas. He gave his one and only son. He gave his best. I believe God's intended original meaning for Christmas was to say to the world, I love you so much that I will give my son so that you can be forgiven and have life. God was giving to us on that first Christmas. His passion, his heart was generous giving. We see it in the person of Jesus. The, the Christmas message is this in 2 Corinthians 8 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. The, the Christmas message is that, that God gave his best so that we could receive. The Christmas spirit is that, that God so loves the world that, that Jesus would be born so that he could die for us. The Christmas message is that he moves near to us to love us and to care for us, to, to humble himself and to serve. The Christmas message, the Christmas spirit is one of humility, of preferring the other over self. I think, I think that when we truly get this, when we truly see what God has done for us in Christmas, that, that our response Christmas will be one of, of giving, not of getting. That our true heart's desire will be like God in giving to others, generously blessing others. That, that the spirit of Christmas will, will not just be a month out of the year or, or a couple weeks or a day, but the spirit of Christmas will change our lives, that every day our true joy will be to lift others up, and to serve the way that Jesus lifted us up and served. That we will seek to give how he has given to us. I love the story that, that was read, the children's book, of the, the three magi, the three wise men. That they'd never met Jesus before. They didn't know at that time that, that Jesus would give his life so that they could have the forgiveness of sins. But God spoke to them. And they knew that there was something incredible about this baby. They, they knew that this baby was divine. And they traveled and they came to this to this home. They found Mary with the baby. And when they saw this baby, they fell on their face and they gave him worship. 
And then they opened up their treasure and they gave him their best. That's the heart of Christmas. It's one that, that gives as we've been given to. Is one that, that gives worship, gives praise to God, and then generously gives to those around us. My prayer, my hope is not that we lose joy or, or wonder or that we become grumpy and calloused. My prayer and hope is that our eyes will be opened, our heart will be made alive to the true gift and wonder of Christmas that Jesus, though he was rich, made himself poor so that he could lift us up to his wealth, status, and abundance is found in the presence of God. That is the message of Christmas. I pray and hope that our hearts will truly be moved to awe and wonder of this baby born low in order to lift us high. God, I thank you that you love us so much that even when we are consumed with earthly things, you generously give us your best. Move our hearts to love you. Move our hearts to love others. That as we celebrate Christmas, that it truly will be motivated out of heart gratitude for what you've given to us. thank you for the gifts. We thank you for the celebrations and the parties and the food. Those are all gifts that are meant to remind us of the greatest gift that you've given us in Jesus. May we never lose the wonder, the awe that God, you came to live as one of us in order to make a way that we can live with you. God, we praise you. Jesus, we thank you. Spirit, speak to us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to believe. Thanks for tuning in to the Austin Life Church Podcast. To help support us, please take a second to rate and review us on iTunes and visit us at austinlifechurch.com.